to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Hello again, it's the week 13 edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm Kyle Morganoni, and I'm joined always as a guy you know from the DraftKings lobby, it's Matthew DraftKings Bully Betts. Yeah, new username uh, officially on uh, on DK with that. No. <laughs> oh man, I, I, when you said week thirteen, Kyle, I kind of had to pause for a second and go like, "Wait, is that right? How is it week thirteen already? I feel like the season just started. It is absolutely flying by." I was reflecting on this earlier because with DFS, it's kind of a different feeling of the season. Like if you're playing redraft right now, you're moving closer to the playoffs, and you've kind of got a good feel: are you in, are you out? Same thing with dynasty. The trade deadline is passed in most leagues, but for DFS, I feel like it's this kind of long marathon that you've kind of had to pace yourself. And if you didn't use your bake roll right, then you might not even be listening to this podcast. You're like, all right, DFS just isn't for me. But guys, this is about DFS for the rest of us. So if you made it this far and you're continuing to play DFS, we think that there is an edge at this point of the season and really this slate has a number of different value plays. I know that your Injury Blitz podcast is going to be uh, full of different players this week. So just overall, going into this part of the season, what kind of advice would you give people who, I don't know, maybe they're just like, oh, I lost last week, I lost the week before. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is my favorite time of the year to play DFS. I mean, everyone's always so hyped to start the year just because, you know, football is back and we all are so excited for that. But you know, this is kind of the time of the year sometimes where we see players that are struggling. Like you said, in, in redraft, if you're out, you're out. And, and sometimes people say, well, I don't have anything to play for, so I'm going to switch to DFS. So we kind of get maybe some opponents who don't really know as much of what they're doing or they're kind of new to it. So I like that time of the year. But yeah, I mean, certainly like we've talked about all, all season long, this is a grind. <laughs> this is a grind to go from week one to week 18 this year and the playoffs if you're playing with us through there. So yeah, there are going to be those losing weeks like we talked about. And I think just trying to be able to weather the storm and you know know that that's going to happen is part of being a successful DFS player, especially in NFL where the variance is just so high. When you start getting to week 17 and 18, there will be a couple teams that are clearly out. And so there's been plays over the years. I remember there was a Rex Burkhead week 17 a couple years ago where he, he was the RB1. He just went bananas. So there's different players you get to play. The playoff slates are different. I know Thanksgiving was fun for a lot of people. There was a hot second. I don't know if you guys remember, if you were just looking at the leaderboards, where your boy, Kyle Borg, was in first after that Josh Reynolds touchdown. I sent Betts a screenshot, and uh, it was downhill ever after <laughs> yeah, I was, that. I was making fun of you because you were like posting your W <laughs> 20 minutes into the game. I was like, all right, easy, buddy. We got eight more hours of this. Let's see. <laughs> and uh, to no one's surprise, you did not finish first. <laughs> I did not. And that was in our winner take all. So like when you're when your winnings on DraftKings like look huge compared to what your buy-in is, uh it's really fun, especially in a tournament where there's only one person who can win. So uh yeah, hopefully you guys had fun on that Thanksgiving slate. Uh I know you had some success on the Monday night slate recently. So uh, just overall there's different ways to kind of continue to be a part of this. You get to write up the Thursday night article this week, which is the Cowboys and Saints, which we just saw those teams on Thursday. So yeah, make sure you're part of that and get that at DFSPass.com. But before we jump into week 13, let's review this past week in cash. And my biggest question is, did you survive 
CMC plus Cam. Because I feel like if you had those two in your lineup, like both of them, it probably sunk you. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends, like you said, on the combination. If you just had CMC, especially in cash at those uh, 50-50s and double-ups, he was over 50% rostered. So in theory, you know, you could have had him and been fine because everyone played him. Um, and along the same lines, Cam Newton came in around 40%, give or take, depending on the, the size of the contest you're playing in, in those cash games. So if you had both of them, like you said, you probably were sunk like a ship. Those are two guys that we were on early in the week. And honestly, like this is one of the more tricky cash game slates I can remember in a long time. I'm not joking when I say it. I have I had eight different cash lineups that I felt really good about before lock. And I was fortunate to land on a combination where I had Justin Herbert at quarterback instead of Cam. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really tricky slate. I felt like it was kind of one of those that I was struggling to kind of find those best plays. And we had kind of talked about last week on the Friday show, like this may not be the best week for cash. It might be a really good week for tournaments. And we saw just, you know, the chalk condense around these guys, McCaffrey, Cam Newton, uh, Pity City, Chris Godwin, all those guys failed this week. And so if you did play contrarian, in those GPP style formats, you probably had a pretty good week if you avoided those guys. Yes. And there were some GPP plays that we were on. Like Joe Mixon was one of those guys that we said, Hey, I feel like no one's noticing that he's been a top four running back almost every single week recently. And he smashed yet again. But yes, I was fortunate to have Justin Herbert. Uh, Gronk was somebody that you and I had talked about as a great GPP play. And then eventually it became clear like, okay, I'm not going to punt this week. But I don't want to go all the way up to, you know, George Kittle or somebody else. So uh, he was too cheap at 4,400. So Gronk was kind of a differentiator. And yeah, if you avoided Chris Godwin, if you avoided any of those other plays, you were fortunate. So just make sure you have a pool of players. For me, I just want to say this about Cam because the week before he was 5,100 and everybody was, you know, playing him because he was so cheap. When he went up to 5,800, that's still pretty inexpensive but there were paths for him to fail. And so for me, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself that question with whoever you're playing, are there multiple paths to fail? And at quarterback, you really need that. Like, what is Cam's floor? His floor is 10 points and and that's basically what he had. So you need to ask yourself that question with Justin Herbert. It felt a little bit higher and he was only 800 more dollars. Like they didn't feel like that big of a price, uh, to, to get up to. So, um, I know you had a listener reach out to you, and I think it's a good question to kind of talk about. Yeah, we did have this question come in, and I thought it was perfect to kind of kick off today's show. Um, The question was, for DFS, how do you figure out if it's just luck or if it's your process that's wrong when you're having these bad result type of weeks? Um, And I think it's a really good question, and I think it's, it's one that we could probably spend an entire episode on, but I'll try to be short with the answer. Um, The simple answer is that there is luck in all of this. No matter if you're skilled at what you're doing or if you're just logging in you know, to DraftKings or FanDuel for the first time, if you've played any fantasy football over the course of your entire life, you understand there is luck involved. You need you know, your player to not get hurt. You need, if it's a running back, the offensive line to play well. You need, if you're a wide receiver that you're playing, you need the quarterback to play well. Like You just need a lot of things to go right. And so I just want to kind of put that out there that like, no matter what, there's luck involved in this. And I think... A lot of us should understand that by now. Certainly, we've been on the wrong side of, of luck for sure. And we've been on the right side of, of good luck. But when you think about your process, for me, I always come back to kind of like playing guys that have a solid point per dollar projection and then thinking through them. You know, is, is there downside to this guy? 
uh, is there upside to this guy? Do they have a situation where they fit my build correctly? Or am I just like throwing random darts and hoping something good happens? And I think if you're logging in and kind of randomly just picking and choosing and not being thoughtful with your roster construction, that's where your process is probably a little bit flawed. If you're making thoughtful lineups with correlation and kind of understanding how these salaries fit into your lineup, you know, you're, you're going to run into bad variants for sure often, but you also, also are going to run into good variants a lot more often than our opponents. And so I think that probably is a good way to answer the question. I know that was probably a little long-winded and confusing, but like I said, we could probably talk about that for, what, an hour? I think one of the things that you can definitely say, injuries, you can't, you just can't do anything about that. So with CMC, I survived, and he was in your lineup, right? Yep. Yeah, survived, but definitely like, Everybody felt that this past week, felt it across the board. I mean, if you go look at running backs, the top 20 running backs from redraft, all of them basically have been injured aside from Jonathan Taylor. So uh, think about that. But then also, I, I think it's helpful for somebody's process to see going into the weekend, what are the projections say? So we actually have those premium projections for each player. Add those up, like add those up for your lineup and say, okay, a lot of times, if you have a lineup that's hitting around 145 in our projections or even higher, then you're saying you're putting together a pretty solid lineup that has a chance to hit that cash line. I use 145 because that's kind of the median. This past week, what? It was super low. Like it was 100 and, 108, something like that. Like it was, it was like that, super yeah. low. So realize that the projections are just give you the medium outcome. But at the end of the day, when I look at my spreadsheet after... Uh, on Monday, I basically say, okay, well, how did this lineup do compared to what I thought they were going to do? So I had Brandon Ayuk in my lineup, like his projection was fine in terms of points per dollar. And he didn't go off, but he did well enough compared to other players that basically tanked. I think he had 12 and a half DraftKings points that you're able to look back at your process and say, Hey, I had Brandon Ayuk for 13 points in my projections and he got 12 and a half. So I felt really good overall that like, Hey, I, I, it's not just that I like the player and I like being contrarian while everybody else likes Debo. It was, it was a good play. And we'll talk about Brandon Ayuk in a second because he's going to be a popular guy this week, but you can get all of our stuff at dfspass.com. You can still use that promo code DFSpod if you want to save some cash, but let's talk about the main slate. State of the main slate. So for week 13 and every other week, we refer to the lines at DraftKings Sportsbook Lines. It's where Bets and I play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And like we do every single week, we get to check in with a wager that you and I made, one that's going up and one that is just sinking. It's a sinking ship. I will get us started by saying, I had put this one to bed a while ago. Like it was a while ago. I had these San Francisco 49ers to make the playoffs, which doesn't sound crazy, but it was plus money before the season. They are currently the sixth seed at six and five. They've won four of their last five. I'm feeling pretty good that they are in the mix. I mean, they have a long shot to win the NFC West, but they're actually like there and they're playing awesome football right now. They look like the better team than the Rams in that division. So San Francisco is going to make the playoffs feels really good right now. I feel like they can hit that six, seven seed with ease. There's a lot of teams that are right there in the mix this year. Falcons are actually uh, not too far behind bets. If, uh, you didn't know ninth seed. that is unreal huge win <laughs> huge win huge. well it's because they they've beaten the worst teams in the league go back and watch the falcons get or look at their game logs it's it's really bad and then quickly one that's down for me is uh i had the raiders before the season under seven and a half wins 
they had been on a on a streak of just losing games, but with that win against Dallas, it looks like they're going to definitely cross that threshold to get about eight wins, eight, nine wins uh, this year. But tell me yours. Yes, I was already throwing this money down the drain. The Washington football team, I was really high on to end of the year. And, you know, obviously the last month or so of the season, it hasn't been awesome. And things look even worse with Chase Young out for the year. They had Montez Sweat, who's been out for a while. Of course, the quarterback injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I was like, yeah, this is over. Hold on. Wait a minute, baby. We are back. Five wins. I need three more to get this push. We got the Raiders this week for the football team. That is a winnable game. They get the Eagles twice, and we've seen the Eagles play some subpar football at times this year. Case in point, Sunday against the Giants was awful. Speaking of the Giants, they get the Giants, the football team do, so there are winnable games on the schedule. I would be thrilled to just get to eight wins and get my money back, but we'll see. That was one of my biggest stances early in the year, but I would be happy to just push. And then one that's down. I mean, Adam Thielen, I think Andy mentioned this. You probably put it in the show doc for the main show. Just drop kicked the regression models in the face, I think was the direct quote. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I bet under, I think it was eight and a half receiving touchdowns. Just thought, you know, getting a little bit older. He's just been not putting up a lot of reception volume, but just finding the end zone over and over and over again. Uh, the bet is already lost and it is not even week 13 yet. So good job, Adam Thielen. <laughs> Adam Thielen's carrying our big dog team, by the way. Like we've 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 had some good performances from receivers like that. So uh, let's talk about the lines for this week, and it's not it's not that encouraging, if I'm honest. Okay, in terms of games that are over fifty, uh, if you just look, if you zoom out and you even look at Thursday night, and Monday night, and Sunday night, like this week has a pretty low uh, total across the board. There's a number of teams that are not on this slate that you need to take, you know need to take note of like there's no Kansas City there's no Green Bay there's no Dallas there's no Buffalo like these are teams that we would usually say like all right they're going to push the totals up because they're some of the highest scoring teams in the league they're not on this slate so hit me with the games that are currently around that 50 mark and it's it's not many yeah there's only three that are even close I mean the Chargers and, and the Bengals are at 50 and a half Tampa and Atlanta also at 50 and a half and then Washington and Las Vegas, they're at 49 right now, and those three are it. So it doesn't look like we're going to get any any game on the slate, you know, that we are used to, like you said, where it's like 45, 50, uh, uh, 55, rather, 55, 56 points. They're all low scoring, and they're kind of all like in the mid to low 40s. So it's a, it's a really interesting slate. In terms of stacking, usually what we do is we see one game that's, you know, way above the rest, and then there's a couple that are around that 50 mark. And then we usually say, hey, there's probably a game in that 46 to 49 range that's going under the radar. On a slate like this, I'm just going to say there's there's no consensus right now. There's no consensus that says like this is the game. Now, you might have a certain lean. I mean, right now when I looked at the slate, the most popular game for me is probably going to be Chargers and Bengals because the pieces involved are just super fantasy relevant across the board. Like at all the positions, we're interested. Even the tight ends are super cheap. Like Cook and Uzama, I think you could stack in tournaments. So that's the game that stands out to me. But it wouldn't shock me if any of these games, you know, you know, Jacksonville and the Rams or, uh, you know, the Raiders in Washington, like if that was the highest scoring game, it's totally possible. So which game stands out to you in terms of stacking? Yeah, I think the most popular one is probably just going to be that Bucks and Falcons game. And it's kind of easy to see why. We talked about the total. It's one of the only ones north of 50 on the slate. And you know, Tampa just continues to put up points over and over again. 
Tom Brady was a popular guy last week. Chris Goblin, Mike Evans have good tags again this week. We've seen what Leonard Fournette can do, obviously, with his four touchdowns last week. So there's a lot to like about Tampa, as there is most weeks. And the way that they play sets up really well for Atlanta, right? They throw the ball a ton. Atlanta's past defense is weak. So I think a lot of people are going to want to play Tampa stacks. And then you talk about, like, if you want to bring it back on Atlanta side, like, it's obvious. You're bringing it back with Cordero Patterson and maybe Kyle Pitts, but, like, that's it. So I'm not sure if I'll go there yet early in the week, but... It is, I think, going to be popular just because it's so clear, I think, how to play the game. And the game is being played in a dome. So late in the year, you've got that kind of working in your favor as well. Right now, the line is nine and a half. Like the the Buccaneers are nine and a half point road favorites. If Calvin Ridley was involved in this game, I know I'm speaking hypothetical and I'm glad that he gets to take his time. If he was involved in this game, do you feel like that line would be closer to maybe six and a half? And then maybe like, okay, this game could you feel more confident in it hitting the over and using the Falcon side? Yeah, probably. I mean, anytime you have a playmaker like that on the field, it's going to help. And, and obviously we've seen the combination of Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus and, and those dudes um, hasn't been awesome. So, so yes, it certainly would make the spread, I think, a little bit closer. The Atlanta jabronis, the guys that were just rolling out there. Gage had a good game this past week, but I'll just say this about these games that have the 50-point total. And it's very clear that one of the teams is a favorite. Oftentimes, the other team just doesn't get there. And we'll talk about that with the Rams and the Jaguars. It's like you want that game to be a back and forth affair. But if you've watched any Jaguars football this year, Trevor Lawrence has just been very, very, very bad to the point where you can't even say, I want to throw Marvin Jones. You know, LaVisca was an okay cash play this past week, but like there's just no boom. The postman's not even there anymore. So. There's only one Jaguar we're going to talk about this week, and it's not James Robinson. So I'll kind of tease that for the listener because... Oh, baby. I'm I'm excited to find out who it is. He was mentioned earlier in the year, and avid listeners, just like listeners that have gotten the tattoo of this podcast on their chest, will remember this guy. But uh, let's keep going with these games and this slate. Which one do you think is the sneakiest for week 13? Yes, I'm really interested to talk about this real quick because I know that you talked about this game or you put it down on the dock rather for a game that you would like to fade and i'm kind of interested in this game it's the niners and the seahawks now you don't have to tell me any stat about russell wilson or the seahawks i understand it has been literally the worst in football over the last three weeks they've scaled failed to score more than 15 points in any of those three games russ looks off dk metcalf's not getting any targets you know they're talking about moving off from Pete carroll negative 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 all those things that is the exact time I want to play Russell Wilson Saxon DFS. That's the contrarian approach to this kind of thing. Because on the other side of the football, San Francisco, they're a top five team in terms of scoring over the last three weeks, putting up 30 plus points, what seems like every week. And they're rolling right now. Now, I will say the loss of Debo does hurt this kind of game environment for sure. But you've got guys that you're really excited about in IUK. You know, George Kittle, we haven't seen a huge game from him yet. This could be the week. And then, of course, Elijah Mitchell has just been awesome. So there's a lot to like about that. I think it's a game that if it does become you know less popular in tournaments, I'll take a shot on guys that I know have a huge ceiling in guys like Lockett and, and Metcalf. Okay, you're talking me into it because that's what we want in GPPs. We want to feel the stench that the rest of the field like feels when it's like, oh, I look at Russell Wilson, what he's done the last three weeks, and I don't want any part of it. Like there's, But in GPPs, we don't care. We can see upside clearly with Metcalf and with Lockett. 
Elijah Mitchell would be a really fun play to kind of mix in in this game. I just know Ayuk's going to be super popular. So with that in mind, it's like, okay, well, the only way to really get different is to attach him in some type of game stack. So you're you're getting me to warm up. I just, I am so scared of Russ. And this is usually when he proves people wrong. But I mean, really, like historically really bad the last three weeks for Russ. So for sure. And uh, and I just want to be clear too. like, there is no middle ground for this. Like it's either going to be awful as it's been or awesome. And and you kind of get a good outsized reward. So I'm with you. It could go south real quick, but I think a lot of people will probably think the same thing. And maybe it's just a a way to get different tournaments. No, I I like that call early on. I'm going to say Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I think you would think of these two teams as defensive minded teams but their secondaries have been giving up nonstop this year. And even on the ground, like it's kind of been surprising that the Steelers have been gashed over and over again. Mixon just tore them up this past week. So I think there's multiple options here that you could do. And so right now I would take the over. I know it's only at 44 right now, but I would actually take the over in this one just because I'm not convinced that this is going to be the defensive battle that everyone else does. And Lamar Jackson's showing up as our top points per dollar quarterback and after four INTs, I just think there's there's room for him to, to bounce back. So I think that total's a little low. So I would take the over right now. Um, yeah, I mentioned the game to be underweight and fade on. I'll just say right now, I am terrified to play Russ. I played him three weeks in a, in a row in redraft. And maybe that's part of my bias is like I felt the sting because Kyler was my quarterback and I had to fill it in with Russ. So uh, give me a game that you want to be underweight on. Yeah, I put down here the Eagles and the Jets. I mean, I'm not sure what there is to say about the Jets. With Zach Wilson at quarterback, they've really failed to do anything, scoring less than 21 points in almost all of his starts. So it's been rough. And then on the Eagles side, like early in the year, they were just so pass ha- happy and you know running a fast offense. They've just completely flipped over the last six weeks. They're the most run-heavy offense in neutral scripts in the NFL. And so if they're going to run the football against the Jets team that you can't run the football on, like I could just see the clock tick over and over and over again. You know, you don't get that many plays because the clock gets wound down. It's just not a, a spot to go to, um, especially if we get Miles Sanders out. Jordan Howard might be out, and then you get like a chalky Boston Scott. I just it's it's a hard it's a hard sell for me uh, in terms of upside for DFS. You never want a chalky Boston Scott, as they always say. Remember, week one last year, he was the most popular player on the slate, and he failed. So have to bring that up. Chalky Boston Scott. The team you're most confident hits the over. I'm going to say it's the Rams. They're due after losing three straight, which I mean, they've been quality opponents. So I don't want to say that like it's just nothing, but I think the Rams are due to completely destroy the Jaguars, especially at home. Yeah, I could totally see it. You know, like you said, just to get get right spot for that offense. All throughout the Colts, they have a 27 and a half implied total taking on the Texans, they've averaged 34.2 points per game over the last five. So it's kind of interesting to see this total sit where it is. Um, I don't think anyone would be shocked if they put up 28 plus points against the Texans. In terms of teams that you feel confident hits the under right now, it feels super low because right now the Jaguars have a 17 and a half point team implied total. It's the lowest on the slate. But I just want to tell you the Jaguars have only hit their team implied total twice this year. That's how bad they've been. So that's a game that I won't really be fully stacking. If anything, I'm going to use Rams onslaught where I pick Stafford and two other weapons and just move on. Uh, I just don't think that the Jaguars are set up in any way to have 
aggressiveness downfield. Dan Arnold's gone. It's just not really there for me. So yeah, I don't want any part of the Jaguars this week. We should have just been blindly betting their team implied under every week. We would be we'd be rich. What the heck? Um, <laughs> I feels like a missed opportunity. Guaranteed, they're probably going to come out and put up like 25 randomly out of nowhere. But For sure. Uh, for, for my team, I put Chicago. They're at 18 and a half. And I just want to point out, when they lose, they lose. Like big time. And when they're losing, they're not putting up any points. 14, 6, 14, 3. 22, okay. 27, decent. And then 13 points. So like when they're losing, they're not getting the offense going at all. They're getting the Cardinals. Presumably, Kyler Murray is back. You know, they get another week to prepare for Chicago and Matt Nagy. So it's it's tough to see them having success against a Cardinals defense that's been awesome all year. Yeah, Matt Nagy is going to be completely, completely exposed. All right, let's check out the salary standouts. Salary standouts. All right, at quarterback this week, there's going to be a couple names that almost you could press copy and pace from last week i'm going to start off by saying tom brady is an even better play this week at 7.2 on DraftKings at atlanta right now he's my favorite cash game quarterback last week was all about leonard fournette but listen to these lines tom brady one he's never lost to the falcons which every patriots fan wants to tell you 28 to 3 blah 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 all right beyond him never losing to the falcons as a buccaneer here's what he's done against atlanta 390 yards two touchdowns 399 yards and four touchdowns and 276 yards and five touchdowns. He has obliterated the Falcons and with one of the highest team applied totals on the slate with his price going down, I think Tom Brady's a smash boy. Yep, I'm with you. I absolutely love it. Um, I threw out Jalen Hurts. We just need to monitor what's going on with that ankle. It looks like he you know, got stepped on and kind of injured his left ankle. Unclear how severe it is. They haven't given him any details, but... You know, if you get Jalen Hurts fully healthy, and we should know by Friday when we get the, the show out whether or not that's the case. His price is dropping. He's 7K. Again, taking on the Jets, it's not you know difficult to see a scenario where he has a good, good game. And I'll mention Justin Herbert. His price only went up $100 at Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati's defense came out, but Ben Roethlisberger is just a stone in the pocket. So he's one of the top points per dollar. If you wanted to go a little bit lower in that same game, like I like Joe Burrow. He just not getting enough pass volume, so he's better GPP play at 6.3. But I'm just not seeing any cheapies this week. I mean, if you go way down there, like I guess you could say like Tyrod at 5.3 if you really wanted to punt it off, Taylor Heineke at 5.6. But I think you and I both feel the same way. Like get around that 6, 7K range, pay up, uh, and get a guy that you feel like, hey, they can be a top five quarterback. Unless. Um, Jalen Hurts oh, is out. Have... And then we get Gardner Minshew at 4K no. against the Jets. Dude, if that's the case, he's going to project really well because at, four, at 4K, four you need him to get you like 14 points and you're fine in cash. So I'm just, I'm going to put it out there. Put it out there early in the week. Maybe, maybe. I, we'll, we'll talk about it again. I need to warm up to the idea because I've been playing Hurts as my redraft quarterback the whole year. So I've just kind of had that locked in my brain. So to shift gears to someone that is not an NFL quarterback, but he's a tryhard. The jorts. Come on, the jorts. Dude, he was cool to talk about two years ago. This is 2021, okay? Mm, I'm this just is saying, a different... 4K. Dude, I think he's out of the league next year. But if we can play him at 4K, that is 
that is insanely cheap. So we'll talk about it again on the podcast on Friday and see where we're at. But at running back, Jonathan Taylor is only 9.2 at Houston. That feels like a smash spot. If you wanted to pay up, let's say you did go Gardner at 4K, like you can easily get to Jonathan Taylor there. Um, Among the studs, like it's him up there and then Eckler and Mixon in the same game are interesting because they've just been incredible this year. Uh, 8.3 for Eckler, 8.1 for Mixon. Those guys are in the elite tier who I would play. Um, What is your feeling? Because there's a lot of value that's opening up on this slate. Um, Who's your favorite so far from just, presumably they're backup guys, but now we want to play them for DFS. Yeah, there's so much value on this slate. It's unreal. I mean, we're probably going to get Jamal Williams at 5.6K, assuming DeAndre Swift doesn't play, taking on Minnesota in the same game. DraftKings was ready for this. They have Alexander Madison at 7.6K. They did not make the mistake of leaving him down below. We know Dalvin is going to be out. It's an awesome matchup. And was it earlier this year that Madison played against the Lions? And he smashed. Yeah, so we've seen him have success in the same matchup. Those two look really strong. And then, you know, Sonny Michelle is down there at 4.3K. If we get news that Daryl Henderson might miss this game, uh, he's dealing with a quad strain then he would look like an awesome play at such a cheap price tag against the Jaguars. So I think right now with the information we have, I still prefer Alexander Madison. I don't think he's priced up enough to what we've seen him be able to do for cash. But, you know, if we get definitive news that there's no Daryl Henderson and the Rams have a 30 point implied total with a running back that's 4.3K, it's going to be really tough to not play him in cash. So I think right now I prefer Madison of those guys. But man, if, if we get that news for... Sony Michelle, he'd be a standout play. And the thing about Sony is that he's being used differently than he was in New England. Like, you know, in New England, it was just like early down guy, not going to catch the ball at all. But in college at Georgia, he definitely did catch passes and they've used him that that way. He's actually was the third down guy for a lot of that game against Green Bay. So don't be surprised if he gets three or four catches to add in. And then at 4.3, like that's that's awesome. So, yeah, Sony's probably my favorite because that is just such a low price and the Jaguars are so bad and they have that huge team implied total. Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at. David Montgomery's 5.6. His salary is kind of hanging around there. He's getting 18 opportunities a game. I don't mind that against Arizona, but I feel like the builds this week early on is going to be pick one of the studs if you want to do Jonathan Taylor. And then if you want to plug in two of these cheaper running backs, I think that's a probably a a really solid play just to get tons of opportunities. So if you wanted to go JTT, Madison, and Sony, and and those are your three, like I would feel pretty confident in those. And I do think that's probably going to be really popular this week. So just thinking about like out loud how things might change later in the week, like maybe you try to get different and go with a different build of like stud wide receivers and, and kind of get different that way. So yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting slate, but I do think that's probably the the, the consensus build, you know, on a Tuesday. Cordell Patterson is a big value on FanDuel. So I mentioned him right now because if you're stacking that game at 7.4 on FanDuel, you're getting a crazy amount of touches for somebody who's a running back slash wide receiver. He has 41% of the team's touchdowns. We brought this up on the main show, but in games where the Falcons are competitive and games that they've won, he's seeing over 18 opportunities a game and you know, this is just set up for him to hopefully have to be chasing. Maybe he gets six, seven catches. So Cordell Patterson on FanDuel is, a, is somebody that stands out. And then talk to me about Antonio Gibson at 6.2. Uh, 
Where are we at with J.D. McKissick? And can we feel confident like, hey, Gibson's going to get, I don't know, 18 touches? Yeah, I mean, he came out last last night on Monday Night Football and just got a ton of work, over 30 opportunities. And, you know, McKissick, the thing with him is that he just keeps taking this passing down work. We saw Gibson, and I know that uh, McKissick left early, still saw, what, six, seven targets, something like that. So if you get McKissick out, which as of right now, we're not sure, he's dealing with a neck issue and there is no news on it. But whenever you have that impact on the head, there's always a concern for a concussion as well. So right now, we're not sure what's going on specifically. McKissick was slated to undergo testing today on Tuesday, and then we'll have more news certainly by Friday. But yeah, I mean, if you told me McKissick was going to be out, that price on FanDuel for Antonio Gibson in a decent matchup, you know, is is certainly awesome. So he'd be a standout play on their site. At wide receiver this week, there's no Devontae Adams. There's no Tyree Kill. So Cooper Cup stands above everyone else. He's the exact same price on DraftKings that he is on FanDuel. So he saw his price drop. And on FanDuel at 9K, I'm willing to pay up for Cooper Cup there. But going down a bit further, the Tampa Bay receivers saw a little bit of a price reduction. So we like that. Godwin at 6.6. Evans at 6.8. I'm going to throw this one out there because it shocked me to see how low he was. If you knew that DeAndre Hopkins was practicing in full this week at 6.2 against the Bears, what are your thoughts on him? It's so tough. We haven't seen a DeAndre Hopkins game in so long, but at that price 6.2. tag, six point two. I know at that price tag, it's like how bad can things really be? You know, he's he's normally priced up around like what seven point five ish, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, if we get healthy Kyler, we get healthy DeAndre Hopkins in a tournament. That sounds awesome. Yeah, he's one of the just salary standouts from just wow. I've <laughs> I haven't seen DeAndre Hopkins there in a long time, but Brandon Ayuk is going to be the name that people plug in their cash lineups at 5.6. He's been getting much better usage. The target share has been going his direction the last couple of weeks instead of Debo's. And Debo seems like he's going to be out one to two weeks. So if you knew that Debo was out this week, is IU kind of a cash lock? I don't want to call him a lock because of course things could change between now and then, but he would project so well. 5.6K against a Seattle secondary that certainly is beatable. Yeah, I mean... He'd be, he'd be a really strong play. I'll, I'll say that. I'm not sure if I would lock him in yet, but yeah, he looks awesome. I mean, I feel like I've been at the cool kids table because, I mean, he was in my cash line this past week and uh, we almost got to 100 yards. So me and I, you kind of have a thing, uh, which probably means I won't play him this week. <laughs> oh, man. You and you and I, you BFFs, which on, for real, though, he has officially been cleared of like all this Kyle Shanahan bananas that were going on early in the year. Like he's playing a Every snap almost, like getting volume. So yeah, he'd be, he'd be awesome if Debo's out. What do we know about Antonio Brown? Because he's way down there at 5.3. They've given some rhetoric saying, hey, we hope that he's back this week against the Falcons. If he is active, what are your thoughts on him on that price tag at 5.3? Yeah, I'd, I just find it hard to, to believe that he would be anywhere close to 100% based off kind of what he was doing over the last two, three, four weeks where you know the progression really wasn't there so i certainly wouldn't play him if he's active in cash games i think the risk is too high in injury perspective but if he's more healthy than we're being you know told and he's at that tag and you want to stack him as a contrarian piece with tom brady i mean in a gpp sign me up sure in terms of a punt play i'll just mention josh reynolds because he's always out in the field he caught that long bomb touchdown and we've been making fun of minnesota's secondary the entire year so at 3.4 
If you wanted to punt that off, that's totally fine. We don't love punting multiple positions each week in your lineup because you end up not getting enough raw points. So if you're going to punt with somebody like Reynolds, you probably don't want to punt at tight end as well. Uh, so those are the ones on DraftKings. I'll mention two on FanDuel. Keenan Allen is 7.3. He's cheaper there than he is on DraftKings. And Mike Hilton is a slot cornerback you and I have picked on a ton this year. So I love Keenan Allen. And then Rashad Bateman at 5.5 is also too cheap if you wanted to play him in cash. I think that's totally fine. All right, let's finish out with tight end. And punting options are actually pretty strong this week. Foster Moreau is probably my favorite at 2.7 against Washington. We did see a game earlier this year when Darren Waller was out. He saw 100% of the snaps. He went 6 for 60 in a touchdown. So I feel like he's going to be pretty popular. Is that kind of where you lean right now? Definitely, especially with the matchup, you know, with Washington secondary. If Darren Waller's out, he's just too cheap for what we've seen him be able to do. So if you're wanting to save salary and punt it off a tight end, for me early in the week, he's definitely the guy. But there's another name that people need to recognize This guy saw 80% of the snaps this past week, so hold on to that stat, but it is James O'Shaughnessy, the Irish Mauler. If you remember that nickname, he is a tight end that plays in the league and runs routes for the Jaguars, so if you wanted to punt him off at 2.6, don't punt him off bridge, but just punt him in your lineup. (laughs) It's totally fine. If you wanted to punt him off, just Baxter off the bridge. See you, you, James. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's a big dude. He has some big cheeks too. Like if you Google James O'Shaughnessy, you can thank me later, but just looks like a big <laughs> bruising. I, I think I compared him earlier in the year to like a bully in middle school yeah. or elementary. Yeah. Yes. He's the guy. If you're walking down, you know, the hallway, you're like, oh crap, here he comes. Like your lunch money's gone. You know, you're going to get put in a locker. Like he looks like that kind of guy. Yeah. He probably wears like a, like a Raiders shirt or something, just like like a like an Oakland Raiders shirt. He's just he's just out of touch with reality. Big guy, <laughs> don't like him. All right, the the more expensive guys this week: Mark Andrews at six K. We like Gronk for tournaments at five point three. He kind of saw a price increase of about nine hundred dollars. And then Logan Thomas ran a ton of rounds, had a touchdown call back at four K. I don't mind that either. He's just too involved. But defense. I want to say this is one of the harder weeks that I've found for defense. There really isn't any good punting options. I mean, Washington's fine at 2,500. I guess you could do the Jets at home at 2,500. But you have any thoughts on defense? It's really not great, especially when you're looking at those price tags that we like to go to, you know, 2.5, 2.4, 2.3, like those kind of plays. There's not a lot of good ones. And I feel like every week there's one that's just like, oh, Play that one. It sticks out really well. And this week, I have no clue who the best play is down there. So I think it's going to be one of those interesting spots for tournaments that you can kind of feel free to get creative and get off the board a little bit. And we know that just in general, like salary on DraftKings especially and uh, you know production from a fantasy standpoint for a defense doesn't correlate at all. So you can really get off the board this week and kind of pick who you like. I mean, I think if you have the savings, For those running backs that we talked about and you wanted to spend up a little bit, I don't mind the Vikings at 3.2K taking on the Lions. They're certainly in play. And then you talked about it too. Like if you really think Seattle is that bad now and Russ is playing that bad, like at 3K for the 49ers, that's not terrible either. Um, Yeah, it's just it's an interesting and really difficult position for DFS this week. If you knew that Hertz was out, do you think the Jets would be kind of the chalk play against Minshew? 
Yeah, probably. Okay. So yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of the thought process. The Cardinals also coming off by are playing the Matt Nagy's at 3.4, so I don't mind them. And then on FanDuel, the Dolphins are on a roll. Like they've been really really good defensively, which is kind of what we liked about them anyways going into the season. So they're only 4k on FanDuel and they play Daniel Jones. That's all I need to say about that sentence. So if you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. You go to our DraftKings League. We will keep throwing out those contests because we like playing with you. And it is intimidating when we do a tournament because often we are not winning them because the field is large and we are just but two of us. Uh, But we would love to play with you guys if you want to go to DraftKings uh, Ballers DFS or DraftKings League enter into the latest contest we would love to play with you guys but Betts why don't you sign off for our lovely listeners I would love to yes have a great week Uh, we will be back on Friday with probably a lot more news than what we had today so stay tuned it's a really interesting slate we will see you on Friday thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.